Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andre from the Opinionated Podcast, and I just want to remind you that we are live every Sunday on our Facebook page, and you can find us wherever you stream your music at the Opinionated Podcast. We drop a new episode every Tuesday. So remember to like, share, comment, and don't forget to subscribe. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Opinionated Podcast, and we are your hosts. I'm Cool Kev. And I'm Andre, and we have a special guest today. Teresa Swinesburg. <laughs> We're good. Take two. Yes. How you um, doing today? Doing fine, thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for your patience. Thanks for your patience. Um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. I um, actually was a special education teacher for 41 years. Don't start adding up that to see what my age is. Um, <laughs> I retired. I, I graduated from college when I was like five, you know, and started teaching. Now I'm not really. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the, the math adds up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, I've been retired for about a year. And my second love all the time that I was teaching was writing. Um, I've just always loved to write, kept journals, um, it, thought about writing children's books because I was a teacher, but um, I have written about three books, um, moved to Nashville several years ago, and um, my husband and my son are actually in the music industry, but I started to have doors open up for me to write, um, to write about musicians in magazines and things like that. So once I retired, I've just gotten focused on writing, and now I'm hopefully, you know, considered an author and that's who I am. So there you go. Awesome. <laughs> wow. Okay. If you don't mind me asking, what kind of music do, what kind of music is your husband and your son doing? Well, um, they've mostly been in Christian music. Okay. Um, my husband still is in Christian music. He uh, is mostly in Christian country music. So he does like um, very modern compared to country music now, but with uh, positive lyrics. And um, he'll put a lot of country, he, he does a radio show as well, and he'll put some uh, country artists on like Carrie Underwood, uh, people who have some positive country on his shows. And then um, he has his own artists as well that he produces. My son has always been in Christian music. Um, most people have not heard of, I don't know if you've heard of the Crab family, Jason Crab, C-R-A-B-B, not sure. No, sounds not familiar. familiar. Uh, so my son was their drummer. And um, now he just became the drummer for a 90s country group that is still doing great, uh, Diamond Rio. I don't know if I you've heard that before, that. too. Okay. okay. They had lots of number ones in 1990s. So oh, wow. um, he's out on the road with them. Okay. That's dope. Okay. So you say he's out on the road with them, but you, yeah. you said they're, they're country, but not Christian? Well, they are all Christians, and that's why he was playing with them, because um, their lyrics have always been very clean. And when he was a little, little guy, he started playing drums when he was like seven or eight. And they were one of the few um, secular artists that I didn't mind him practicing with because I knew I didn't have to worry about the lyrics. Oh, okay. So. Oh, okay. I heard Rude, and I was like... Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's 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 get into you know some of the books. You, I want to get into the books you've written, but starting off as a as an author when you first started, like what are some of the 
trials you face with writing, you know, maybe writer's block or you didn't know what you want to write about, you know, general stuff in general like that? Um, I don't seem to have a problem with writing because I usually write something that I know. Um, I don't have a lot of writer's block. I think I really look forward someday to writing a novel. And if I do that, I'm sure that will help hit me then. But um, I usually have subject areas. First of all, my main interest is a lot of times I, I love to write about someone who is a celebrity and I like to interview them and find out how they got from point A to stardom or point B. And so I've done that. Two of the books that I've written have been along that vein. And a lot of the articles and magazines and things like that have been along that vein. I've, I've just always been interested in biographies and autobiographies. You know, how did someone, you know, you see this sweet little child and then, you know, you see uh, Marilyn Manson, you know, how did he get from, you know, there to there? I just am always interested in those stories. So that is something that I'll write about a lot. And then I've written two books that are personal to me. Um, the one that's coming out right now, um, I, uh, my husband and I suffered from infertility, miscarriage, and then I had a full-term stillbirth. And so um, my son is, we only have one child and, and very difficult to have him. So um, I wrote during that time period just because there was nothing out there for me to read. You know, I wanted to read a book that had some hope, you know, that I could get through it and that there was positive out there and there was just nothing when I went through it. And so I just had this passion to write and I wrote everything that I went through from the time that I went in the hospital and found out that she was not alive. And, you know, I was full term um, and all through delivering her and everything that happened after. And I wrote not just what I said, because a lot of times I said things to people, but I had different thoughts. If you, if you know what I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, Sometimes people can say things to you and they're trying to help and they're trying to be, you know, say the best things that they can think of, but it's not always a great thing. And so I would say, you know, what they said and what I responded, but in italics, I would say what I was thinking though. And um, then also at the end of the book, I give a lot of pointers for anyone who has someone in their family that goes through it or, you know, goes through it themselves, just, what someone can do to help and um okay so that was personal so it was easy to write it was just my story okay but writing something like that how diff like i had my brother was murdered a few years ago so speaking to people about that was a difficult thing just speaking mm-hmm. how difficult was for you to actually write that out and to put that down for people to read it and also maybe judge it or look at it how difficult You know, it wasn't hard to write. I just felt like I had a passion, a fire burning inside me. And I was still teaching at the time. So um, I kept a notebook with me. And anytime the kids were out of the room or I had a minute or sometimes I would just tell my assistant, I I need a minute. I need a minute because something would come up that I would remember and I would just have to write it down. And so it was like I couldn't stop writing. But I'll tell you what was difficult. Um, I put that book away for a while because when I tried to get it published, um, having gone through something so difficult, when I started getting rejection letters from publishers, Mm. that was like negative piled on top of that. 
And so after about seven of those, I said, I'm not going to try to get it published. You know, maybe it wasn't meant for me to get it published. So I put it away for a long time and several years went by. And then it just felt like I needed to get it published. (coughs) Excuse me. But I couldn't remember everything that I wrote or, you know, and my writing had come a long way by then. So I wanted to go back and edit it myself before I sent it to anyone. And that's when the difficulty came in. (coughs) Excuse me, I'm sorry. Um, Because it was my words, my story, I was there. And so when I started trying to read it, to edit it, it took me right back there. Every single minute, every single thing that happened. I'm so sorry. Um, Sorry. So... What happened was um, I put it away for a while again because I just, I wasn't ready to sink into all of that emotion again. Yeah. But um, recently I just, again, I felt very impressed to write it. I've had a lot of, or publish it. I've had a lot of requests and um, I just prayed and said, God help me to get through this. Just help me not to sink into that emotional state or, or depression or anything like that just helped me to get through it. And I was able to, so that part is difficult. (laughs) Um, I don't have a difficult time speaking about it because I feel like each time I do, I'm honoring her memory and I'm, um, making sure that she's not forgotten, even though she didn't breathe one breath of life. You know, her name is out there. Her name was Canaan Summer, and that's the name of the book. Okay. Wow, thanks for sharing that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Some water. Yeah. I was to say, if you, if you want to take a time, yeah, take your time, take a drink of water. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to have to grab one. I'm sorry. That's no problem. It's okay. Yeah, but I think just putting putting those like real life stories into people's writing is what I don't know, man. It's what drives storytelling. Like you take what yeah. you went through, and even if it's even if it's a dramatization of you know anything, I'm not just talking about that situation. Like that, people need to hear those stories. You can never know <laughs> anybody can take from it. Um, so I always champion that. If you could tell your story or tell a version of your story. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all in favor for that. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because like he was saying, I'll piggyback off of that. Um, you know, it's cause people, that's a, a issue that a lot of women go through and, you know, and it's difficult for them to speak on, uh, before I had my, my child, my, my, my last child, my final one, we had, we went through the same similar situation. She was, you know, a couple of months pregnant and next thing you know we had the complications and then we wound up losing the baby and we was planning on having a baby you know having this baby and it was like it it just like put everything at a halt you know she was you know she was up so so upset emotionally you know she was blaming herself and i'm like it's it's not you but it's hard to tell somebody yeah it's hard to explain like you like you said it's hard for somebody to tell you that but you're the one your body is going through it. Yeah. 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 But we, and, and, and me and my wife, we had issues conceiving. We don't have any kids. And, uh, be, because of that and people, people, it, it's hard. And I know it's hard to try to find the right thing to say, 
but you you, you really can't. It really isn't. Yeah, and, there really isn't a right thing to say. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you could just be there for somebody without saying anything. You know what I mean? We could talk about anything else but that. But, yeah, it'll, you know, yeah. But, um, so what are, what are the names of, of your three books? Um, the one that's coming out now, as I said, is Canaan Summer, A Life Unlived. And um, I, I don't want everyone to think that it's a depressing book. It's so not because so many positive things came out of her, as I said, her life, even though she didn't take one breath. Um, so many things, good things happen. And um, I've been able to share her story. And like you said, both of you, you know, whether it's infertility or miscarriage or stillbirth, there are not a lot of women ha- that have experienced all three. So I feel like, you know, I have an outlook that maybe can help someone. Um, so that's the first one. Um, I have another book that I co-authored um, with, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Kentucky Headhunters. They were very popular, like a, a rock country group back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s, won Grammys and um, every award they could win. Their lead singer, right after all of that success, and they were still building success, just dropped off the grid um, and no one knew what happened to him. They've continued as a group, but they have uh, his brother now sings lead. <coughs> and we were always curious about where he was. And he actually was in our hometown here uh, outside of Nashville. And my husband uh, contacted him and found out that he became a minister and he's preaching the gospel now after such a, a wild group. I mean, they were very wild for country music. Even. Wow. And um, his story is great. So that is called um, I Never Stopped Believing. And um, that one's not out yet because we have a, a literary agent. And, you know, of course, Ricky Lee Phelps is his name and he has the last word because it's his autobiography. And so I have to wait on him to, to um, agree to, you know, the deal that he would like to have. And so we're still pursuing that. Um, and then the third book, I have a literary agent right now who's pitching it. And um, it is about, as I said, I was a special ed teacher. The name of it is um, Breaking the Sound Barrier. I taught deaf and hard of hearing kids. And um, one of my students, his name was Jeremy, was profoundly deaf and dependent on sign language. And he wanted to play high school football. And he asked the coach if he could play. And I thought standing there interpreting for him and voicing for him, that I was going to hear the coach. It was it was in the middle of September. You all know that you don't get on the football team in the middle of September by August. just asking the coach. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I was fully expecting the coach to say, you know, son, why don't you come out for football next year? You know, when tryouts happen and when we do summer two-a-days, you know, then you can go through practice. But this coach was amazing, and that's not what he said. He said, you meet me at the football field tonight. Let me make some calls. And I'll see about putting you on the team. We'll talk about it. And I'm an interpret. And I said, sure. And when we got to the field that night, he had a, a physical card and um, said, go get your physical tomorrow and we'll put you on the team. And so wow. it's amazing. The story is amazing. It's such an yeah, inspirational story. A lot I of really people. I really want to know the position he played. 
I'm very curious on yeah. what position he played. Yeah, for real. He played. Um, it was a very small. <laughs> it was a and the fact that I know all the positions and the plays. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had to become a part of the team. I actually became a part of the coaching staff. Um, he played split end, and he okay. also played sa- deep third safety on defense. Okay. okay. I only asked that because I went to um, a high school called Lincoln High School in Philadelphia, <laughs> and a lot of my teammates were were, were deaf, uh, some partially, uh, but we had one one guy. His name was Ray. It, I mean, his name his he named himself Death Ray. That's yeah. what he called himself. They have no problem. Yeah, he said Death Ray, and I'm telling you, Death Ray was the fastest person I've ever seen in my life, but he he couldn't hear anything. So, like, they put him on the kickoff return. So that's why I was curious on uh, what position he played because they would literally sit Death Ray in the back, kick it off to him, and my man was up that field like like wow. nobody's business. But, uh, yeah, I had a lot of Death what, friends. Can I ask what year that was? Oh, my goodness. That was who, 2000, 2001. Okay. Yeah. So this was in 1995. And we checked at that time there was no other – deaf player playing on a hearing team in Ohio and in the United States. He was the first one at that time in 1995. So, um, breaking barriers. Pardon me. Breaking Breaking barriers. barriers. Yes. Yes. Breaking the sound barrier. (laughs) Ah, there you go. Exactly. And you know what? And, um, and, uh, the interpreter, my grandma was also, um, she also taught deaf, deaf kids and she taught us sign language and, um, I can't remember a lick of it, but um, <laughs> the interpreter for for like Ray and uh, you had another guy named Phil, another guy named Matt. Um, like she was part of the part of the coaching staff, basically. Like we respected yeah. her the same way, like all that stuff. So I, I don't know. I just you know I found that interesting because I didn't think anybody else <laughs> anybody yeah. else had a team like that. <laughs> yes, and you know the first day I my dad was a coach and my brother was a player. And my brother played every sport. My dad coached every sport. And so I was the one I have as the younger sister. My brother's in the middle. But I was the one that always hung out with my dad and my brother while my dad was explaining plays, you know, watching plays on TV and doing things. So I thought I was pretty cool. You know, I knew a lot about football. But that first day after practice, (laughs) I said, I told the coaches, I said, I need help. (laughs) You know, I'm basically just signing to him what you're saying, but that's not how you sign. I need to understand it so that I can translate it so that he understands it. Fortunately, Jeremy understood and just went with it and and got it. But I didn't understand as much as I, I mean, I knew the holes were numbered. I knew the plays had the number of the hole in it. I knew all that kind of stuff, but I still, it's harder when you're right there actually having to tell someone what to do. And uh, it was probably out of my 41 years teaching, those two years that Jeremy played football were the highlight of my teaching career. Um, The story is because it made a difference in so many people's lives. Um, My my students in the high school, I had a, a yellow light that went off when the bell rang to tell them that the bell rang so they could change classes. Well, because I was the only teacher in the high school who taught deaf students, they were included some with interpreters going out with them, but a lot of the times they were mostly in my class. They would never go out into the hallway like all the other kids for that three minutes to, you know, just talk and socialize. 
they would stand at my doorway and just look out, you know, and kind of, you could see the longing that they just wish they could communicate with the other students. When Jeremy started playing football, first of all, it didn't hurt that he was very cute. <laughs> um, so all the girls thought he was so handsome. Hey. And, um, so, you know, the girls started wanting to learn sign language. Once he was on the football team, the cheerleaders, the homecoming queen asked him to be her escort. So all of a sudden I gave up my prep time to teach sign language because everybody's wanting to learn. Of course, the team was learning as we went because I'd have to teach them on the field, you know, how to, obviously I couldn't run into the huddle. Yeah. So quarterback had to learn a lot of sign to tell him what to do in the huddle. Yeah. And then, <coughs> excuse me again. Um, but then other students in the school wanted to learn. And all of a sudden my students, when that yellow light went off, they were out in the hall and hands were flying everywhere because everyone was signing and <laughs> it just brought the whole school together. And then, you know, as I said, small school, small community, Appalachia. Um, and so then everyone in the stands wanted to know, you know, deaf applause. How do you applaud for Jeremy? You know, you shake your hands back and forth because they can't hear it. So they can see this, but they can't uh, hear applause. I somewhere before. Oh. I don't know where. I saw that somewhere. Probably from your grandma. Oh yeah. Well, she she told me a lot of stuff. I don't remember. I don't remember that one, but I don't remember anything she really <laughs> taught me. She actually, the funny thing is, she actually taught at that school that I went to. It's oh, the weirdest, wow. the weirdest thing in the world. But she wasn't the interpreter. It's just random by chance. Anyway, enough about me. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah, we, we share something in common. That's awesome. Um, so everybody in the stands wanted to learn that. And so the first time that Jeremy had a big play, you look at the stands and it, parents, the band, everyone, the entire stand was doing this. And I just started crying. I mean, it was just amazing, but it brought the entire community together. Um, my students have been isolated. They'd been there for 20 years and not once, well, some kids would learn sign language and we offered it all the time. But not once was there this impact where it just spread like a ripple effect, you know, from a pebble being thrown into a pond. I mean, it just spread and spread until everyone, you know, was learning sign language, trying to talk to my students. And deaf people that just sign are very isolated. You know, they kind of live in their own world. And for the first time, they weren't, they weren't isolated. They were part of the school. And it was amazing. That's a, Man, beautiful, that's cool. that's a beautiful story yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, it is. You think one student will bring the whole school together, you know, but that, that's really dope, man. That's a and Netflix it, movie, too, right there. <laughs> it really that's is. That's a Netflix yeah. movie. You should pull that up there. <laughs> absolutely. Excuse me. Actually, my literary agent, he uh, has been responsible for getting a lot of movies made from books. And that's why I was put in touch with him. Yeah. And he is very pro getting it made into a movie. That's his main goal is to uh, work That'll with someone. Doing that. Gives you that remember the Titans awesome. feel. Well, would you mind yeah. for our audience of people that listen to you, do you mind giving out his information, well, his name or what he does? You know, well, I was going to ask if yeah. she's seen Coda, but go ahead. No, I want to, I, 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 people will want to know this. This is great information right here. Cause You're right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. The information of the literary agent that yeah, I have? Yeah. The literary agent that, that tried. Oh, that's... Yeah, trying to get the... I thought you were talking about Jeremy. 
No. I thought you were talking about the kid oh, too. Yeah, that's what I, I wasn't sure no, no, what no, you were. No, 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 I don't. Yeah, I, I don't want to give out you know personal information about Jeremy, but the literary. Well, agent. actually, I have permission to because the whole book is about him. Okay. Right. And um, I've met with the entire team actually, and they've all given me stories because the coach is also a focus of the book. Um, because well, he won most caring coach in the United States in USA Today. Um, we nominated him for that, and he won during that time. So um, it's a lot about him. But um, I don't know if I'm supposed to give out my literary agent's no, no, name. Just, just his name. I don't. Know. <laughs> well, okay. Well, how did? Okay, you... why you want the why you want the literary agent name? Yeah, Not to, because you gotta understand. There's a lot of people Try. out there who's writing books that's listening to this podcast as authors also that would love to get in contact with somebody that can help them change their book into an adaptation of a movie or a Netflix show. That's why I'm asking the information. We'll it's, just get him on the show. Okay. If we can, <laughs> if you don't mind, you, we would love to have him on the show. If you can reach out to him and give him our information, we'll talk to him. It was like Ken was trying to cut go. the middleman out for a second. Yeah. Oh, 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 can, can you give me his information? No, hey, let me, get his, let me get his name and number. Can you set up a meet? You not understand, <laughs> have, you seen, have you seen the Moody... Have you seen the movie Coda? I haven't. Oh, you know, I've heard so much about it, but I have not seen it yet. I want to. It's a very good movie. It was an extremely I've, good I've movie. I've heard that. Yeah. And I forget what it stands for, uh, but the young lady, she was the only... She was child the only... Of, right. Child of deaf adult. Right. That's... Okay, That right. There you go. It was a very good movie. I might have... I might have... I might have shed a tear, but, you know, I was just wondering if you've seen it. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Okay. Can I can I tell you a funny story because the v- book is also full of humor. Um, so the coach, one of the reasons why he got most caring coach is because he didn't just want me out there interpreting all the time. He wanted to bond with Jeremy, and so he asked me if he if I could teach him sign language. He wanted to learn, and um, he actually didn't work at the school. He was a a coach that had a job at a bank and um, would come after the bank closed and, you know, have practice. And so in between, he would come to my room. So the very first thing he wanted to be able to say to Jeremy was work hard. And so we worked for a week every day after school on just those two words, work hard. And so Jeremy came running out on the field and he, at that time, he could only practice in his helmet. And so he uh, came running out and the coach, uh, said, Jeremy, you know, he flagged him over, come here, Jeremy. And he thought he was signing work hard, which we had worked on for a week. (laughs) But when he signed it, he saw the puzzled look through Jeremy's helmet. Jeremy looked at me like, what? (laughs) And the coach said, okay, okay, what'd I do? And I said, well, you just told him to go make your coffee. But other than that, it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Both can be true. Both can be true. (laughs) <laughs> work hard and get my coffee. Please, please. <laughs> you, know, you know what? Work hard. It's it's very close in the hand movements to you know work hard. I know you can't see this on a podcast, but work I hard. Wanted, I actually wanted to wanted to see it. Yeah, could, could you show us, please? Yes. Uh, you okay, said, it's so it's work hard and make coffee. Oh, <laughs> so similar areas of the hand. So I had to re-show him how to say work hard. But yeah, it was it was funny. <laughs> he nah, tried. Yeah, yeah, no, that he was tried. hard. That was hard. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. 
And then another, another funny story that's in the book that comes to mind right now is, um, I, I, did any of you play football? Uh, Andre did. You're about to say, okay. so, you know, the drills yeah, where, you know, the drills where you stand across from each other and the coach blows a whistle and you hit each other. Oh, yes. like, did you My do favorite. That, that makes yeah. a lot okay. of, that makes a lot of, I don't know the plays. name of it. <laughs> 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 well, um, so we're doing this. It's Jeremy's first time to be in full gear, be able to practice totally. So he's doing all the drills and I'm standing there and both lines are going very quickly. You know, the whistle's blowing and, and, you know, they hit each other and then they go to the back of the line next to hit each other. Well, someone asked me a question and I lost track of where Jeremy was in the line. And all of a sudden the coach blows the whistle and the kid across from him just like plows into him. And Jeremy's standing there like, what happened? Because he couldn't hear the whistle. <laughs> and so he's laying on the ground, like laying on the ground, looking up, you know, and the coach is like freaking out because he said, I just killed my deaf player. <laughs> and um, But Jeremy was just happy to be on the team. So he got knocked down, but he was fine. He got up and said, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, and went right back in the line to get hit again. So, um, but, you know, just, miscommunication and things that happen yeah, yeah. that sounds like a, a that's the nutcracker a nice adversity and to have to and come over. yeah yeah and, and you know what that what that does is that puts you if, if you weren't ready for football at any point that gets you ready and that makes you understand if you want to do it or not so that's what, believe it or not that was perfect what, for him that's what i call <laughs> that drill right there made so many people play basketball so many basketball stars <laughs> were made from that drill because they got hit that day was like i don't want to play football no more i want to play basketball only i've actually seen that i've actually seen people quit when i was in little league quit after that drill no i'm not playing anymore they you know so that was a rite of passage for him Clearly, yes. it worked out. <laughs> yes, yes, he hopped right up and had such a good attitude that we knew it was going to work from that day forward. And um, wow. you know, the players were scared. But I'll tell you something that happened too that also you know formed the team. When all the players saw that happen and saw him get right up with that attitude, there was never a time when coach didn't know where he was in line because when he came up, every kid on the team was like, "Coach, it's Jeremy. Coach, coach, don't forget, no whistle." You know, they would make sure they took care of him from then on because they saw that he was tough and he was going to be there for the long haul. So it's just a great story all the way around. So many stories that I could share, but I want people to read the book. Yeah, let's, yeah. Yeah, let's not absolutely yeah, because yeah. it sounds like a very, very awesome book. You know, usually a good good slap on the shoulder pads we used to give the uh, the guys <laughs> on our team when you know when when the whistle blow slap on the shoulder pads and the, you know, yeah, that brings back a lot of memories. I'm sorry. No. It's <laughs> I was out there on the, Hey, I was out there for two days in the summer. I was out there. I went to every practice. I was at every game for two years. And it was, like I said, it was a highlight of my life and I loved it. And, you know, I think it was the first time they ever let a woman walk on their field. You know, it was like women cannot walk in. the field. I even went in the locker room a couple of times because the coach would tell me when he, I didn't go in every time, of course, because that's very personal. Yeah. But, um, he would let everyone know, you know, I'm, and they called me coach Swinesburg and he would let everyone know coach Swinesburg's coming in. So be prepared. You know, she's going to come in at halftime, talk, you know, she's going to interpret for Jeremy because there are some things I need him to know as well. And so 
it wasn't pleasant. I have to tell you guys, your locker room is does not smell like the girls' locker room. Yeah, I was gonna say smell terrible. Yeah, it smells like yeah. it smells like oh, men. Smell awful. <laughs> smells like gridiron men. And, and, yes. we, and we get used to that as men. That's the one thing Jeremy yep. probably does not does not miss about, about <laughs> me playing football. <laughs> terrible smell. <laughs> Even the first time I walked up to the huddle, because they huddled, you know, at the end of the practice. And I was walking up because Jeremy was on the other side and all the helmets, he couldn't see me. So I walked right into the huddle. And as I started into it, the coach said, you might not want to go in there. He said, it's not, it's not good. And I, I didn't know what he was talking about. And I just walked right in. And about two seconds after I got in there, I held my breath the whole time I was signing and then walked out. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, them kids don't like to wash their, their pads out or anything like that. Them pads just go in the nope. corner and dry out <laughs> yeah. yesterday's smell on it and then put it back yeah. on the read. Yeah, just definitely. Jones, get up and walk on their own. Ter- <laughs> terrible story. So when I was uh, when I was playing football back in the day, they uh, just to just to go over the dirtiness of uh, a teenage boy. We would we had mouthpieces that we would put in our mouths, right? Mm-hmm. And what we used to do is put gum in the mouthpiece, right? It stuck better when you did that. Right. I left the gum in the mouthpiece for the whole season. The same gum. You're disgusting. For the whole. And it wasn't concrete. Season. You said it wasn't concrete. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh no no no! It was every time I put it in my mouth, it softened up. <laughs> Ew! Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, use that right there. Tales from the. <laughs> and then we talk about masks for COVID. <laughs> I know, right? I know. Oh. Yeah, it's it, we teenage teenage boys. Yeah, they can get really nasty on that football field. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, let's let's move <laughs> move it along. So, what what future goals or future books are you planning on writing in the future, or or, or whatever you know plans. goals, you, whatever plans you have or goals set, you know, for the future? I guess my strength, as I said, is like biographies or autobiographies, and so living in Nashville and you know my son in the music industry, and I have a lot of access to. Um, music artists. And so I, I really would like to continue down that path of um, one of the things that uh, my husband and my son talked about me writing, even the musicians that my husband works with in the studio, they've played for everybody in Nashville and they have so many stories. You know, sometimes they are bound by confidentiality um, contract, <laughs> but, but I, I wouldn't want to write some of those, but uh like funny things that happened on the bus or funny things that happened when they were playing. I mean, they tell those stories all the time. And, you know, if we're just in the studio, I mean, they'll be sitting around telling hilarious stories, but I would like to do something with various artists or various musicians, just funny things that happen on the road or on the bus or, you know, things that they could tell that they weren't bound by confidentiality. But I think that would be a great book. That'd be great because at, because we do podcasts and a lot of podcasters, they get musicians or, or people on there and they have them tell these stories to people who are fans like us that don't know what's going on. And these stories right. is like some of the best stories ever. You're like, I didn't know this happened or you guys did this, you guys did that. This happened in the mm-hmm. studio. That would be an awesome book right there. 
about film. Are you interested in it in writing anything with film? Because especially with like living in Nashville, it's like such a melting pot of just country music, any type of music, really. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, do you have any interest in writing anything with film, any scripts or anything like that? I don't know if I would make a good script writer. I, I actually have never even read a script to know how it's written. Um, I'm always interested in things like that. So um, I, I assume that I would probably have to help with if, you know, if the book about Jeremy did get made into a movie. Um, it's funny that you all said, someone said, remember the Titans, because as my agent pitches it, one of the thing that he says, yes, it was you. Um, one of the things that he always says is the book is like, remember the Titans um, slash October sky, because it, it was in Appalachia, you know, very poor community um, and how it brought everyone together, kind of like that same, same feel. So if yeah, you join those two does. movies, mesh them together. Um, actually, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, not to interrupt. No, you, that's okay. I would, love, I would love to see that. As, I, I just keep can't, like to me, as you're describing everything, I could see it. And I, I don't know what it is. And maybe it just connects to me differently. I would love to see that in, in get the book series. Books. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> you got to get the book. But I would just love to see that, man. Because it's, it's just in my mind, it's clear as day. Like, even if I don't know Jeremy's face, like, I see it. I don't know what it is. Just a good story, I guess. Yeah, it's the story. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's a feel-good story, you know, and... Uh, you mentioned Netflix, you know, I'm, I'm always interested in sports stories because like I said, half, half of me is music and the other half is sports because of my family background with my dad and my brother. My, my brother actually is the head basketball coach of Grace Christian University in Michigan. He's won seven national titles um, under the NCCAA, which is National Christian College Athletic Association. And so, you know, I'm a very sports minded person as well. And um, I just, I love the stories. Like if there's a movie about an inspirational sto- sports story, I'll be the first one to watch it. You know, I'm, and it seems like Netflix is just loaded with them right now. That there's not one about a deaf player. There's not. So there's an opening there. <laughs> yes, it is. Got to attack. Absolutely. Uh, let me ask you a question. Okay. Just to, just to know where, and hopefully it's not in the book. Did, did, uh, did the school ever win a championship when if Jeremy was the, on the squad? If it's in the book, just say read the book. <laughs> How about that? I have to say, I, I will tell you, no, they did not. In fact, they had a very losing season, but it was a winning season because of all the positive things that happened. And, okay. you know, in that area, um, there's a lot of drugs. Like if you watch any uh, A&E special you will see my county on there because very high area for drugs. Um, and so a lot of, you know, negativity and things like that. So the coach, another reason why he was so caring is because he tried to get everyone he could on the team. You know, it was a small school, small team, but to keep them away from going into, you know, what surrounded them. And so, he loved to win championships and he had been a championship winning coach uh, two years prior. They had gone, I believe to the state, maybe, maybe just below the state. I'm not sure, but they had, you know, won a lot and had winning seasons, but these two particular seasons, 
he had a lot of kids that he would always say, the sport needs some kids, but some kids need the sport. Yeah. And he he was looking yeah. for those kids that needed the sport more than, you know, he needed them. Honestly, in those two years, he was trying to keep a lot of kids off the streets and out of trouble. That, that's a that's a that's a good man and a positive role model because it's not a more people should look to be like that because in t- especially in today's society because it seems like it's getting worse every day. Because most kids out there, they don't have the outlet or their parents don't have the money to send them to places. So it's good to hear that this coach went out of his way to just, just get kids just so just to keep them out of the streets pretty much. You know, that's a, that's a good thing. It's a positive thing. Give them a different aspect in life itself. Yes. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I, have a, I just have a couple because he's this football guy. Yeah, yeah, no, about no, to say no, no. he's about to move, go into his no, football but I bag. Pass football. Okay. I want to move past football because I could talk about that all day, even though I don't really watch the game or anything anymore. So, like, um, this is kind of a, a question that I ask because I'm always interested in people's answers because they vary, you know, from the super normal to the way out there. If you could be mentored in in in, in anything that you do. Uh, but most notably writing by any two people, who would they be? And and I'm, that's a two-part question, by the way. So, yeah. Um, well, I actually was mentored by someone um, who, who inspired me to be a writer. And I always give her credit, my high school English teacher. Um, she also wanted me to be a teacher, to which I said, no, never. I'll never be a teacher. Um, I said that the whole time I was in high school, but um, she encouraged me in my writing. She uh, sent off several things that I wrote in high school to be published um, in high school anthologies like poetry and uh, short stories. And, um, you know, now uh, everything is about, um, you know, you have to like kids are included that are special needs students. And so a regular ed teacher has to, in some way, meet their needs and whatever that takes. So it may mean that you have to modify a test. You know, if they struggle with filling in the blank, you may have to change it to where they can do matching, but still the same information, but just get it in a different way. She did that for me in high school. And I was an honor student. I made straight A's, but she saw me making a C in her class in English literature because I'm not a good test taker. And she was doing multiple choice tests. What I do is I analyze, you know, I'll have the right answer and I'll change it because I analyze, oh, it couldn't be that. It's got to be this. And so, (coughs) excuse me, she saw me failing, not failing, but, you know, my grades dropping. And so she called me to see her one day. And when she would give the test, She told me not to tell anyone else, but she would hand out all the tests and she would hand me a paper to write. And I didn't have to take the multiple choice tests, but it had something to do what, like, for instance, if our English lit story was about a legend, then she would give me at the top of the paper would say what I was to write on. And I had to write a short story about a legend. I had to create, you know, a legend or write one about our hometown. Um, And so she would grade that instead and give me a grade on that. So I love that about her. And (coughs) when I wrote my book on my daughter, 
I didn't know who to help me. And so I went to her and she had retired. So I went to her house every day (coughs) or every few days with however many chapters I had. And she went through them with me and helped me to be a better writer. Um, the other person, <coughs> I'm so sorry. <coughs> the other person who's writing I really love um, is Jason F. Wright. He's a Christian fiction writer. I love plot twists. I love, uh, I'm really good at guessing what's going to happen. Like within the first 10 minutes of the movie, I already know the ending and I'm kind of like that with books. And I hate that. I want somebody to shock me. You know, I want them to surprise me at the end, something that I did not see coming. And uh, he yeah. writes like that. And so I would like to write that that way. If I ever wrote uh, fiction, I want to surprise people and have a surprise ending. So, so, <laughs> I'll I'll ask this second question. It was a two-parter. So the second part of that question, I'll just leave for uh, Jason F. Wright, which I pulled up. I pulled him up on uh, Google and saw some of his books, The Cross Gardener, The Wedding Letters, uh, The Wednesday Letters. Well, this guy likes letters. Um, so 17 Second Miracle is probably my favorite. 17 Second Miracle. All right. Oh, his, his list must be long because I only got a couple of them. Yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a very well-known writer. Okay. Yeah. Very prolific. I see a lot of books here. Now, if you could ask Jason F. Wright one question, for some reason, you just had one question you can ask him, what would it be? Um, What inspires you the most to write? Like, where do you get your inspiration from when you start a book? You know, what, what is the main inspiration, you know, to get you started on that book? How do you go from square one to a final publication. That's a lot in there. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's perfect. No. That's your question to ask. <laughs> so whatever it is, I don't, even if it was a whole paragraph, you have your reasons, but everybody has different questions and, and some surprise me, but that one right there, that's what you should ask. Like he's a very like, clearly a prolific writer that has many books published. So why wouldn't you, <laughs> you know what I mean? So no, that was perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. Sorry. Look, and our co-hosts don't know how to turn their phones. I'm off. sorry. <laughs> and I tell people to do this every time before the podcast, and I'm the one who did it. All right. <laughs> okay, listen, we're we're getting down to the end of the podcast. So we always ask people that come on here what advice you would have for other authors as yourself or people in general. What advice would you give them? if you can give them any advice at all? I would say don't give up. You know, um, it gets hard sometimes. You think, am I really supposed to do this? Or, you know, maybe I'm just not meant to do this. If you're, you know, struggling, if you're having rejections and, you know, you just, you want to give up, but just don't give up. Keep writing. Um, Keep letting other people read what you write and keep posting it, you know, anywhere you can on Facebook or any other uh, media. And just get it out there and see what people have to say. And if a lot of people love your writing or they're responding a lot to it, you know, you know that, yes, you are supposed to do it, you know, and don't give up. Yeah, that's great. Good advice. Yeah, pretty solid. Yeah, absolutely. So we haven't went over it yet. 
Uh, where can everybody find you, find your work? Where is your work published? Uh, any, any information you want to give to somebody trying to get to, to you or your work? Okay. Um, my email address is siren, S-I-R-E-N, and the number one at comcast.net. And it's not because I'm one of the women sitting by the sea luring ships in. It's because my son's first band was called Siren. And it was because of the siren that blares and alarms, you know, and sounds. And they would come out on stage with sirens blaring and red lights flashing. So that's, and I I was one of his managers. So that's where that came from. But Siren1 at Comcast.net. Um, I have an author page on Facebook where I post stories and that's where you'll be able to find out more about the books that are coming out. Um, and that is at Teresa, T-E-R-E-S-A, Schweinsberg, S as in Sam, C-H-W-E-I, N as in Nancy, S as in Sam, B as in boy, E-R-G as in girl. You can tell I have to spell that that way a lot. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then on Instagram, it's Teresa, T-E-R-E-S-A, and then another S for Teresa's author page. Okay. Nice. Cool. Okay. All right. Um, my co-host, you got anything? Nah, that's all. We want to wrap it up, baby. Yep. That's everything. Yeah. Hey, listen, but... Awesome Teresa's story. been very Teresa, patient. Yes, you've been patient <laughs> yeah. with us. And Extremely. We, and we thank you so much. And we love the stories and definitely your book about Jeremy. That is a that yeah. is like the highlight. Yes. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. And thank you all for your patience and you know getting started. It was rough, but uh, and you even had to change your format, and I appreciate that yeah, uh, so much. Ago. But it was a pleasure, and I appreciate you giving me an opportunity to get the word out there about my writing and my books and um, to go from here. So thank you. Absolutely. The pleasure is all ours. Uh, okay. So that was our episode for today. And we were your host. Yes. And go. I'm Andre. I'm and back. I'm cool. Guests. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I froze up a little bit. I don't know what happened at the end. I was good for the majority of the time. And then at the end, it just said, oh, nope, we're over. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was it for today. We want to thank our guest, Miss Teresa. And uh, yeah, bye, everyone. As always, how we end the show. Have a good one. Peace. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Painted Podcast. If you love today's episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, five stars. We don't want nothing less. If you're an artist, actress, a songwriter, an author, or you're doing something that's interesting and you want to be a guest on our show, please email us at opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com. That's opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a blessed day.